Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Courtside with, jeez, uh, man, I can't hear anything with all the dribbling. So as I was trying to tell you, this is a new thing called Courtside with Kellen. Kellen Olsen's our son's brainiac, and he knows everything about the Suns and the players like Kellen, so he's got that going for him. Anyhow, here's Kellen. And he's brought to you by Southwest Gas, committed to exceeding expectations today while innovating sustainable solutions for tomorrow. Courtside with Kellen, our weekly visit with our son's guru, brainiac, you got a you got a phrase you prefer? Whatever you weird radio people decide. Well, I don't care. You come up with a new one every year. Def, that's definitely us. We are yeah. We are weird radio people. I'm cool sure. with it. What's up, Kellen Olson from ArizonaSports.com. You fill you hear him on all of the shows here, and of course he uh, not only covers just the Suns, but he covers mainly the Suns for us at ArizonaSports.com, and he does such a good job doing it. As the Suns off again tonight, and an unusual kind of back to back, both at home against the same team. We'll talk about that. In a minute, the Portland Trailblazers team they've already played this year. Let's look back though a little bit at the win against Minnesota and the, the the obviously the performance by Cam Johnson stands out the most with how he played and the benefits of making him a starter, especially against an opponent like that, were obvious almost from the get-go. Carl Anthony Towns was put in a blender and just could not keep up with Cam at all. No, he, he couldn't at all. And I think what we're just really seeing is that from a continuity standpoint, the Suns have such an edge on everyone else right now in, in the league, on, honestly. I, I just think every other team has some catching up to do. And I was curious to see how much Jay's absence would affect that. And, and it just hasn't really really affected them at all in that department. That five has been together for so long now and seen so many situations together that they're coming in and just they're there. Their chemistry, their cohesion, everything is at a 10 out of 10. And then you watch the Timberwolves who like have to figure out, okay, how do we play when Gobert and Towns are in together? How do we play when just Gobert's in? How do we play when just Towns is in? How do we handle crunch time? Are we spacing it? Are we, what are we doing? How does it look with D'Lo in the starting lineup? Are we going to eventually look towards Noel or McLaughlin where the numbers have been pretty great for those two guys? You just look across the league at a team's really struggling to figure a lot of things out now, and the Suns are just at such an advantage right now, and, and Cam was eventually going to get it going, but but to this degree has been really encouraging in the last three games. I was curious to see if Minnesota would pose any type of threat with you know with Rudy Gobert there now, and he was uh, not a factor in that basketball game at all. He didn't score his first point until a free throw very, very late, but what I loved about the victory for the Suns was that Book was in foul trouble throughout the game. He actually left the game in the fourth quarter for a long time after he picked up his fifth foul. Uh, when Monty had put the starters back in because the bench had struggled, which we'll talk about a little bit. But, you know, Chris isn't hitting his three-point shots. He hasn't been a scorer for them so far this year. When they needed other guys to step up, they they got it from Cam and McHale. I was really encouraged by how those guys were able to carry the load with Book and Chris struggling. Yeah, no DeAndre Ayton in that game either, and, and Booker was really limited by Anthony Edwards, and like I've, I've seen every game Devin Booker has played for the Suns. That's one of the three, four, five best individual defensive performances I've seen on him by Anthony Edwards who is hit or miss on defense but that's like the standard for him he's a guy to keep an eye on in the league of course on both ends but to go back to the Suns I think what Monty said about Bridges and Johnson Gambo was a really great point just in that they were doing it within what we do with the cutting with the open threes but also it's not just those little spots they were being more aggressive in those spots which is where we go back to what we've been talking about for the last month six weeks with those guys which is they want to diversify their role they want them to be more aggressive they want them to get 
more shot attempts. They want them to be more involved in the offense so they're more of a threat in April, May, and June as a team because when those guys are bigger threats, no, they're not going to like cover them or double-team them by any means. But when they're in those positions where they have to make the defense pay, they're going to be a lot more ready after games like this where that, that was the deal. Gambo, they were playing off those two guys and still letting them get to work, and they, they got burnt. The big question for all of that is Cam and how he defends. How do you think he's held up so far in that regard? He's been good. I think the thing that he hit on with with Cat specifically was just how they did it as a team. They started off the game by doubling on the dribble. So once Cat got the ball, they weren't flashing it over right away. But once he took one dribble, the double was there. And then it was reactive from there. I think that there are specific matchups we're going to have to wait and see. The Clippers game was interesting because that's where Kawhi, the big bulky wings, that's where Jay Crowder is really missed from a matchup perspective. LeBron is another one that comes to mind because, okay, if, if Mikel is guarding LeBron, well, who's covering the point guard? And, and that's where Chris or Devin would have to step in or, or Cam Johnson. I think he's been good. I think Cam is an underrated defender, but he's certainly not a great defender like Jay was, but he's also looking to prove a lot of people wrong. He said that to me in camp. Like He, he knows that there's a standard that Jay holds as a defender and that he's going to get compared to Jay in that sense, and he wants to prove that he's just as good in that regard. I think he's been good to start the year. He's been solid. You can get away with him struggling against those those bigger uh, players that he has to guard if you have rim protection. And that's where I am just blown away by how good Bismack Biombo has been as a rim protector. If you remember the first two shots by Houston in that game were blocked by Bismack. And then in this game, he had four more blocked shots. Like, I was worried about losing JaVel McGee because it's, it's important to have a rim protector, especially if you do have one defender who's weaker and guys could get by him to have that rim protector there. I think Bismack Biombo has been tremendous for them since, and you know, he's a, he's a perfect teammate. I'll sit, I'll wait. I'll, when I get my opportunity, I'll take advantage of it. He's been phenomenal in these last couple games. Landale's been good there too, Gambo. Yeah, they've just got a real core defensively that has really surprised me. I think all of us would agree right now that they've been better defensively than offensively to start the year, and that's not what I was picking to start the year. I thought it would be the inverse, really, and they've been fantastic on both ends with the record that they've had, but with that being said, defensively, they've just been so good. I think Landale in particular was someone where you had to have like a wait-and-see kind of approach with how he fit in as a rim protector, but he's got really good size for the position, and he, he moves well and just understands the spots he needs to be in. Only his second year in the league, but that's when you go back to uh, Bismack. We talked to Steven Silas before the Houston game who actually coached Bismack in Charlotte at the beginning of Bismack's year and he just said he's so good in those ball screen situations where he's in a drop because he's he's seen thousands of those and Steven Silas was speaking from the perspective of a guy, of guys who have seen maybe a couple dozen times they've seen certain things as really young players but Bismack's seen this stuff thousands of times already where I guess a young team like that he is going to be in the absolute perfect position every single time and there's just some better and savvy he has Gambo that's really so valuable to this team in spots like this where they need him. All that being said, give us a DeAndre Eaton update because I understand at practice today he was moving around doing DeAndre Eaton things and Monty was asked about it. What, what, what's your read on the situation? Yeah, the little things you can pick up. Uh, DeAndre after or sorry, before the Minnesota game he was doing his usual warm-ups on the court. That's usually a good sign that guys are progressing. He wasn't out there Sunday, of course, because that was just a day or two after the diagnosis had come out and then he was with his shooting route group after practice. Monty said that he did participate in practice, and it's a will-see thing, but the fact that it's even being discussed that he could potentially play or not is is a good sign that he's going to meet that week's 
timeline, which would be on Saturday. That, yeah. that would be a full week. So it seems like he's going to be either playing on Friday or Saturday or just about be there and be ready for this this big road trip that got coming I, I heard Canada. their hope is that he would play in one of these two games, one of these two with Portland, but I would think Saturday would be more likely. So you don't put him on a back-to-back situation, you know, the back-to-back yeah, situation. You, you got Philly on that road trip. You're going to want him for MB, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, so. and that's on Monday of that. Yeah, so, um, but before that, two games against Portland, and we were talking before we went on the air. And, and yeah, if you want to play the revenge angle, you could, because obviously Portland handed the Suns their only loss so far of the season. Um, but I know the piece that you're working on for ArizonaSports.com right now, just a little teaser, if you will, is a Portland team that honestly didn't get a lot of conversation in the Western Conference and I mean even without Dame Lillard they've played well to start this year and there's some pieces and parts there that suggest that maybe this team is a little bit better than people thought at the beginning of the season yeah definitely the comparison I'm making and I understand their core differences with it but it's back to that 13-14 Suns team you remember that team Gamble we thought they were going to be one of the worst teams in the league and the then Channing they... Fry team Jeff Hornacek they won yeah, of course. Uh, they, they almost made the playoffs two games yeah. back I think almost made the, the playoffs, last playoffs. yeah but yeah. when you've got that high end talent like Goran Dragic and Eric Bledsoe were both All-NBA caliber. Goron made All-NBA that year. You've got Damian Lillard in Portland, of course, but then you look at like these little under-the-radar moves they've made, like getting Jeremy Grant for the price they did, like having Josh Hart around, like picking up a Justice Winslow guy who we've had the if he's healthy line in front of him for five years now running, but they've got some pieces there in their, in their young core as well. Simons and Sharp are really interesting, so I kind of Simons looked, is good. Yeah, the corollaries there between those two teams are really interesting, and you just kind of look at Utah as one of those teams as well, but they're a lot better than, than I was expecting, honestly. I think defensively they were just an absolute mess last year and they look pretty solid this year and then when you look at that roster like yeah Grant's a great defender Hart's a great defender they picked up some pieces and right now they're doing it without Gary Payton the second who Bernsey was saying before the break man Golden State misses that guy to say the least he hasn't even so much he hasn't even played this year so so they've got like eight nine deep and if this sharp kid from Kentucky can play right away he's in the starting lineup and he will be if Dame doesn't play on Friday it's just a really good sign that he's developed trust and Monty had some good stuff to say on him today at practice that they you really like the glue stuff that he's doing like yes he's a highlight reel kind of guy who can hit a lot of threes and stuff but he does a lot of stuff inside the layers of the game that makes sense so I, I like this Portland team and if you're looking at this and kind of rolling your eyes at the play-in team that they're going to be playing for two games even if Dame doesn't play they've been a surprise and, and it's going to be worth tuning in I think. Kellen good stuff we appreciate it as always thanks for carving out a few minutes for us. Thanks guys. Kellen Olson ArizonaSports.com our son's insider our son's guru joining us here for his weekly segment on the Burns and Gambo show when